Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Join me in prayer. God, come, come and still this room, God. I just want to ask you, God, to come in your presence, come in your grace, and still this room. And I also ask God to still our hearts right now. Every heart that is in this room right now, I ask for a, that you will come with your presence and you will still the room, you will still our hearts, God. Um, and even as might be someone's, someone thinking right now, just like someone of, of you are thinking like, why do I keep coming to this? Why do I keep coming? And I pray, my prayer is that you, if someone of you feel like that, like, why do I keep coming to this? These meetings, these services. Uh, and I believe that God will meet you there today. I believe that. And I feel like, I feel, also feel like there is someone sitting here with a deep sense of, of loss and, or a deep sense of grief. Uh, not just the, the, the grief, the kind of grief that feels bodily, like you feel heavy in your, in your soul, heavy in your body. It feels like physically heavy. Uh, my prayer is also that you will just be comfortable of being here and sharing that with God as well, like inviting God and he will be here with that. And also sense like someone has been questioning a lot, like what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Uh, and I, my prayer is still is that God will be here in the room and that you will find that purpose in the meeting of God, in the meeting with God right here and now. So... Yeah, that was a prayer and a little bit talking between, but the, the, the prayer is, God, come and still this room, come and still our hearts. Um, if you know if you have that, uh, be still and seek picture, maybe, maybe. Yes. Um, you all know this word, you know this verse, uh, this words like, be still and know that I am God. Uh, and I love how it actually, or actually how it can be translated to say, Stop fighting or cease striving and know that I am God. I love how God puts it like that, like, don't be so busy, don't be so occupied, just take it easy. Cease striving, be still and know that I'm God. And that's, I just want that as, to start up with, because today that's my prayer with this message, actually, that you will experience this message in that kind of way. And what I mean by that is to just sit there, relax, be comfortable, and to experience something that God is here. So I'm not going to, this, this would not be a preaching that would focus on, you need to seek God more, you need to be better at finding time seeking God, you need to do better, because that's not the aim of this message, because we don't, we know we, we want to seek God, we know it's important. Um, but that's not what you need. You don't need to just hear all the time, like, be better, do more, prioritize better. That's not the kind of message this is, because I don't think you need that, and I don't think God communicates like that as well. So I want this message to be your time to sit, cease, 
striving, be still, and just know that God is here. The theme is we seek God and his kingdom first. That's the message we are. And instead of just jumping into how you should seek and why we should, and, and the ways of doing it, I want to deliberately take one step back now. One step back and look at why is it so important? Why do we talk about seeking God first, seeking his face first, seeking his beauty, seeking his, his fellowship? So I'm going to take a step back and just simply, very simply look at why is that so important? And doing that, taking a step back and look at the why, I'm deliberately moving away from the should. <laughs> you should do this. No, that's not my point today. It's why do we talk? Why should I even, why should I seek God? Uh, and, I'm, and in doing that, we actually touch on something that for me personally is my treasure. So it's, it's very personal today. And I'm, I don't want it to be a typical like, it's, it's quite personal. But what, stepping back, looking at why should I seek God, suddenly we find my treasure, like personal, my treasure. This is what transformed me and keeps me breathing in God. Um, I'm just going to say it. Just, ex just that I exist as a, as a person to be near God. Like I exist. That's why I was created, to, to be in the fat, deep fellowship with God. And that's actually to know him, to be in that, that's enough for me, period. That's, that's my secret. That's, my, that's how I look at myself. That's why I'm created. And that's what I want to look at a little bit today for you. So it's personal in a way. So we're going to start by looking a little bit on why you were created. And then obviously we need to look at the creation we're going to look a little bit at that. We're going to look a little bit on the same, but from a New Testament angle. We're going to end up with a little bit like how could that, what that actually means. Uh, and everyone is going to get an opportunity if you want to just be a little bit in God's presence afterwards. And if you just want to be in the presence, if there is something you want to give to him or receive, or it's going to be that kind of focus. All right, one, why seek? Why do, we, why, why do we want to have that as a focus? We seek God first. One step back. Why we exist, why we were created. So we're going to actually look at Genesis 3, 8 to 9. Um, I'm just going to jump into that and make one point. Uh, because we all know that. We know God created heaven and earth. God created man, man and woman, to be in, to, there was nothing that separated them, there was this fellowship. And when we talk about that, you should, should sit and think, this is about me, because we are human beings, we are created. So the purpose has never, like the design has never changed. Uh, here, actually, they have been around a little bit, and they have actually tasted the fruit that, uh, and then from verse 8, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. 
But the Lord called to man, where are you? Just a simple point here that the reason they existed was to be together with God and to be in a fellowship with God. And this, uh, this blows my mind just thinking about that. But, I'm, but that was the design. That was why they were there. And I love the fact that it says, like, even here, it says, they recognized the sound of God walking in the garden. Like, simple point, but that says to me that this was not the first time they heard God. This was nothing new. This was a common thing. They recognized, oh, what's that sound? Well, that's God walking in the garden. That's God seeking our uh, fellowship. That's God walking amongst, amongst us with nothing separated. So they heard that sound of God in the garden, and they recognized, ah, oh, that's him. We were made for fellowship. You were created. You were designed. Your sense, your ability to feel, think, uh, react, and everything in you are designed to be in that deep fellowship with God. When they heard God was walking, they knew that that's God who's walking. He's coming to be with us. Uh, the, I love the word, and, and Ladea was mentioned it last time, the, for fellowship, koinonia, that is used also for the fellowship in church, but also throughout the Bible for the fellowship between God and man. It's a very deep word. It's a very, it's not just to know about someone and you are know, it's, it's, it's intimate, it's deep, it's on a deep soul level. I like that impression. It's, like it's, it's on a deep heart level to be able to know the other one. Uh, that's the kind of fellowship they were created to. And almost in a casual way, it was God was walking in the cool of the night or in the, at the evening. That was a casual, friendly, common for them. And they delighted in the voice of God. And just this verse tells me three simple things. Like one, you were made for fellowship. That's why you exist. Two, sin breaks that fellowship. And three, already here, God seeks to restore it. He says, where are you? Uh, and we speak about the presence of God. They were created. You are created to actually notice the presence of God. Not read about the presence of God or hear other stories, but actually for you, because you are created like that. And I love the word, the Hebrew word that often are mentioned in the Bible for presence is the same word of face. And I, that is actually quite profound. Uh, the presence, when it speaks about the presence of God, it says face. That tells me that you can't, you can't, it's not like God is here and then he allows us to experience something around here that might be his presence. No, it's very personal. He is his presence. Like God himself, his face. It's not his hand that does things. So often we focus on that, like, do that, God, or can you help me with that? But the word in the Hebrew word for, Bible, for, for presence in the Bible is face. That's really intimate. Like if I have, that almost never happened, but if I do something stupid and someone, my wife, wants to talk to me about that, if I know that it's something that I have a hard time looking her in the face, looking, in, looking her in the eyes, because it's, it's quite near and it's, Revealing and, uh, but when we have that, 
love, we have that, I can look her in the face, and it's, it's, it's an intimate thing. Face, that's my point. So the, they were created to the presence of God, and it's face. This is for you right here, right today, this Sunday. This is why you were created. And I have to throw in Isaiah 33, 7, that when God says to the people of Israel, he says, and to us, that you were created for my glory. You were created for my glory. Yes, to display his glory, but also to experience his glory. And for me, glory is the beauty, all the beauty of God. Yeah, that, that's my point here. This, why was, and even as you're sitting in this room right now, this is why you are designed. To be in that deep, koinonia, soul-level relationship with God. To be near His face. That's what we long for. But that's, and we talk about to see God first. This is why. We tell you that this is why, because this is home for us. I like to think of God's presence, that's my home, that's where, I, this, that's where I'm home. And sometimes it's even easier to look at it when we know what they lost. Now we know the story of Adam and Eve. Sometimes what you have is almost easier to see that when it's taken away from you. And I want to quote... Uh, uh, 80s glam rock band called Cinderella. <laughs> They've probably never heard about it, but anyway, that's a quote there. And they say, you don't know what you got till it's gone. It's probably 150 country songs as well with that title or text. Yeah, yeah. But it's something that when you, when you hear Ladea preach Justin Matthew, they probably come with this theologian quotes. When you get me, you get the 80s rock. And uh, I've quoted Bon Jovi, Alice Cooper. That's just, God, God uses what, he, what I have. So you have to live with that. But we are still looking at why you were created. And the fall of men choose to, to walk away. It was devastating. It was very most dramatic. The very presence, you know, face, that koinonia, that fellowship of God, removed. And we see it even in this story. Uh, fear came in. Hiding came in. Making excuses came in. Uh, it wasn't me. She did it. Guilt. Shame. We need to cover up and all this. Luckily, we know the story. <laughs> but my point is, they were definitely created to that near kind of communication, communion with God, deep union with God. So that's how I define myself as well, as a person doing what I do, living the life I, I, I want to live with my family and everything. That's how I define myself. And I go all in on that, actually. I know that I exist because I was made to be in deep fellowship with God. And when you think like that, it has nothing to do. You can do everything right, and that's still your design. You can do everything wrong. You can fail in everything. You can live a life that you are even ashamed of. It doesn't take away that you are designed 
to know that deep level fellowship with God. Like everything you are, good and bad, everything you are is supposed to be in a very near fellowship with God and everything God. The biblical language would be like deep calls to deep, like everything in you are welcome into the fellowship of God. The one who knows me most is the one who loves me most. So, that was actually my first point, and that's kind of... I, for me, that I go all in on that. That's where I live. I know that that's where I exist, actually. I don't exist to, to do right, firstly, or to do and do and do and do a lot of things. I exist to be with God, because that's how he made me. Number two, we're going to look a little bit at, continue to look at that from a New Testament. We have the devastating fall, the separation with God. Fear, guilt, and shame, hiding, excuses became the normal and still are, I guess. And here we see God desperate. I'm not sure if that's the right word, if God gets desperate, but we see God. Now I'm, now I'm talking the big, big pictures. We see God with a strong desire, a strong longing to restore what was lost, to, to bring back why he created, because he created us to be in deep fellowship. And we see God with a strong longing, a desire to restore that fellowship, that koinonia that we are made to. Uh, it's going to be quickly mentioned, but that's where the cross comes in. That's where he restores us. Uh, just one word for that is from Colossians 1, uh, 13 to 14. Just to get a grab, quick grab on, he actually restored that. And that's where we live in now, by the way. We are not on the other side of this. Colossians 1, 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's just one of many words that says, like, God never gave up. He's not like, okay, he does anything to get that back. And he restored, he puts you out of being away from the presence into his presence again. The dramatic thing is that when Jesus died, uh, the, the veil in the temple tore, and it was like thick veil, and it's, Dramatically, it was torn in two, split in two. So there's nothing that changed from that inner, inner, inner sanctum, inner presence of God. And this we see everywhere in the Bible. You see Hebrews, when, when the book of Hebrews, when they speak about what Jesus done for us, what he has made the way, he is the high priest. And then it says, so because of that, let's draw near, let's draw near to the throne of grace again. And that's my point here. I feel like with God in, in the scripture, it's always about, I actually feel like God is always about drawing you near and me. I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> well, that actually he is. <laughs> yeah. Even for those in the worship team. That was good. Uh, a bit 
Creepy, but good. What, the way I, I see scripture and the way I've been living with it is, with God, it's always about drawing near. It's always about looking at you, seeing your worth. Come, come, no, don't be afraid. Come, be near. There is this in, enormously passionate God that always wants to draw near. And I see that. Um, and we're talking about why do we seek God? Because that's what we're created. There is this longing from God for just to be, that you should just know Him. And the New Testament are full of descriptions. This will be typical in, I don't know, Corinthians, Ephesians, probably most letters, uh, Hebrews. Think about that when you read the Bible. It's, and Paul does it a lot. He, he goes on often and say. A letter would start out with what God has done, who you are, how we turned away, what God did, what he done. I'm going to look at one example. And then he often goes on how he restored that. And it always ends up in, and then let's draw near. I pray that you would know him. I pray that you would experience him. I, that's like a theme in most letters from Paul. Like, this is what God has done for you. This, this, and this, and this. So come and be near. And I just sense like, how God is longing for that communion, for that fellowship. And I'm not speaking to you like, you should seek God more because of that. No, that's just his heart. How he genuinely longed to to show you and show us his love, his grace, his healing. Not just because that's the way he created it. That's why he created you. I'm going to look at one verse uh, from 1 Corinthians. Uh, before we read it, this is typical from, from Paul. Uh, 1 Corinthians or 2nd and 2nd Corinthians is quite serious letters. There's a lot of problems. They speak a lot of things that we do that so it's quite a challenging. There's a lot of challenging problems they kind of take, uh, speak about in those, um, in those letters. But Paul starts out with first describing what God has done, the beauty of what he, ha what he is. And then he says something that we're going to focus on. <laughs> and then the, 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 core, the, the letter goes on about the ugliness of life and the battles of life and even in church and difficult themes. But it's really important for Paul to start off with this is who you are. So I'm going to read that. And that actually, my friends, is... Uh, the, the, the verse we're going to focus on, for me, that became like a, in a positive way, like a bomb going on, if that's a positive thing. Like, when I actually saw that, and when God started to show me that, that changes everything for me. This is way back when I was young and still wanted to be Bon Jovi. But this is a long time. But that's, that was like a bomb in my life. Like, what? And wow. And, and yeah, we're going to get to it. All right, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 4. Paul. 
always thank God. I always thank God for you because of this grace given to you in Christ Jesus. And then he kind of starts what God has done. For in him you have been enriched, enriched in every way, in all your speaking, in all your knowledge. Because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here it comes. God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. This is actually the scripture defining your calling. Definitely. God, who have called you into fellowship. That word is koinonia, into that deep fellowship. God has called you to that fellowship. For me, that's I, I can't get over that, but that's it's just not it's not a slip, it's not a it actually is the scripture saying that what is my calling? Why am I why do I do what I do? Why do I exist? This God is faithful, He has called you into fellowship. So it's back to why we were created. But now it's like this is a new covenant. This is our kind of place in the, in the and it's still the same and it's deeper. Like Romans said, like if, if death came, reigned after Adam's fall, how much more we will have life and reign in life after, after Christ. So this is confirming what, why God has put you here, why you are sitting here right now. And it, it's deeper because this is your calling. The desire for God is that fellowship with God, with, with Jesus. Uh, Colossians 2, I'm just going to read that. For him, in him, 2, 9 to 10. For in him, Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. He is the head of all principality and power. Meaning, like all of you, everything in you, are designed to be in deep, deep, meaningful, active relationship with God. On a soul level, on a deep level. When I say soul level, that's just an expression I like. You could say it on a heart level or however. And even in the next chapter in Corinthians, it says, the Spirit of God knows everything in God, and He knows what's in you, and He takes from God and makes it, makes it, uh, a pro yeah, and show it to you. So it's this deep fellowship. First John says, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. And it's not just an expression, it's a design, it's why you exist, the fellowship. You can study John 14, 15, just with this in mind. And for me, again, this is who I am. And I'm, and I'm almost like I don't want to say it because I'm on stage with a microphone and it's easy to think like, yeah, you're just saying things because it's supposed to sound like that when you're preaching. But it's not. 
This is who I am. This is how I define myself. This is why I exist. This is my identity. I truly, actually, truly define my calling, the reason I am here. But I'm called of one thing first, and that's to be in fellowship with Jesus. Meaning, sharing everything, experience everything. Um, I might do amazing things, I might do great things, and I might fail completely. But I am right in my calling any, anyway. You know, I can, I can have a day that I just feel like, wow, everything I do is great. And I definitely have days that I feel like, ooh, that was not the best day. But that doesn't change anything. I am in my calling. My calling is deep fellowship with God. Nothing changes that. And I just want to say to you as well, like, don't just brush that off. Don't just think like, yeah, that's nice, but... No, that is actually why you are here. That's your calling. You're created to that. So, we, we talk about, we seek him first. Why? Because that's who actually who we are made to be. And this word says, God is faithful. Meaning, he will keep this. He won't let this go. We're talking about God is faithful who called you into fellowship with Christ. He is faithful. He is the one that keeps this. And it also says, He who have called you. It doesn't say God is faithful. If you keep up your part, you will be in fellowship with Jesus. It says God is faithful. He who has called. The work is His. He is the agent that does this. And the fellowship. You can go on similar studies on Ephesians. Read first Ephesians 1. It's a long sentence about what God has done, and then it ends up in that. So let's seek Him, let's experience Him. It's all about that communion. Uh, just a little bit about, I've already mentioned it, but how it affected me. Like when I was, I got saved when I was 16, I think. Uh, I didn't know about church in that way that we have church. I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know how to describe it. Uh, I just got saved and I stuck to myself because I didn't really know what, what do I do with this. Um, but I remember one thing. I described it for myself like I was coming home. That was like my... Even, I didn't know that. But, but that was what it felt like when I asked God do you exist? And I will, okay, I believe in Jesus. And I actually felt something changing. And that was like coming home. I remember that. Like, uh, and that's interesting because when you go after, you have 99 sheep and you go after the lost one and you find that, that sheep is actually coming home. You know, it's not coming to something they never, it's familiar when they come back, when we find God. So I found home. And, I want to dwell a little bit on that. Like home, obviously homes could be terrible, but if you think of home in the way it's supposed to be, a home is something that is secure, it's something that is warm, um, it's familiar. That is what it was like for me, God's presence. That's why I like to think God's presence is my home, because in Him it's familiar, I recognize Him, I recognize Him. 
his love. For me, this is important. Home is where also where the mask comes off that we often wear. Uh, if he made you, if we actually believe that he created you to be in a deep, 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 meaningful relationship with him directly, and we see that that's where we're created, and we see that Jesus made that possible, and we even see that that's your calling, yes. then it's, it means everything you bring. You know, you bring joy, you bring good experiences, but you also bring shame, you bring hurts, you bring wounds. I do that, we all do that. If it's a home, it's safe. A home is it's a place where it's actually safe and secure to come undone, to break down, to kind of put away the mask. And there are hundreds of reasons why we sometimes wear masks. Sometimes we actually do that because we are not comfortable in sharing to everyone how we're doing all the time. Sometimes it's easier to kind of just put on that mask, but there are reasons for that as well. But the presence of God is created. He is there because he wants to be near you. So it's everything you are. It's everything you come with. Uh, he desires your fellowship with you. That's the period. He desires the fellowship with you. That means everything you bring. He doesn't desire you to put on a perfect act and just pray the right things or do the right things. Because he knows you. <laughs> he knows who you are and he's waiting for that. And he's made the way open. It doesn't make sense to, like, if my, if some are my wife, if I'm going through something, I think no one sees it, but everyone sees it. But I, and she would ask me, like, hey, what is it? And I'm like, nothing, I'm just a little bit tired. Said, okay. And uh, what is it? Is, it? is there anything? No, it's nothing. And like, why do you ask? And then I even sometimes manage to turn it back on her, so she feel like, oh, I should ask more. But if there a person you love, you know if there is something that, hey, why do you hold that back? Why can't you just share it? Why can't you just bring it? And that's why God, that's how God is when he looks at you as well. He knows everything. And deep calls to deep. And this is my life secret, actually that I know that I'm always in his presence. If it were up to me, I would be in and out of his presence, but it's not up to me. I'm always there because I'm created for that. Uh, I might forget. I definitely might do stupid things and forget, but I'm always in his presence because that's my calling. I'm called to be in the presence of Jesus. Um, how that affects me is when that started to sink in, I actually almost got a new language of my heart when I was speaking with God. I come from a background that I'm, I'm not used to saying things like I love you or uh, even express some passion in words. That's like, well, it's, uh, it's not what I do. And I'm not used to that. But actually, as I saw this in the Bible, I started to see like I'm created actually to be in that deep fellowship. It started to change my language with God. I started to see the passion, like just, just the way Lynn expressed like the, the beauty of God. And I, I started to see that, and it started to change me, really, on a deep level. 
changed my way of approaching God. It became so much more passion, became so much more, much more personal. And saying like, like, yeah, just, just being in the purity of God and you have stolen my heart, you have taken my heart. And it, it feels so natural now. It feels like a passionate, deep thing. And it changed when I started to see that. And how it affected me to, to just, that I look at myself as someone who is made to be in the presence of God, period. generally takes away the pressure. It takes away the pressure to perform. It takes away a lot of insecurity. Because I started, I don't exist to be a good Christian. I don't need to show that I'm doing everything right. I exist just to love, just to be loved. So for me, it has changed a lot of pressure, taken away pressure, taken away insecurity. I actually feel important to God. I actually, actually do that. I actually feel like he really loves me and he looks at me and he loves me and there's nothing that separates. And I can't stress that enough because then I actually experience that on a quite deep level. I sin, I do things, I run away. But that doesn't change who I'm created to be. And actually sensing that on a deep level is amazing. If it were up to me, it would be like this, but it's not. He made the way. So talking about deep peace is actually how it feels like. Even when I have anxieties, when I have worries, I no longer feel like I need to, oh, I need to pretend I don't feel that. I need to just say something so we go, no, I actually, hey God, I am anxious about this. I invite him to it. And suddenly that even becomes a ground for fellowship with God. I'm not saying it just always disappears. That's not even my point. But when I feel grief, when I feel anxiety and worries, it's a huge part of me and God wants that fellowship too. So instead of pretending everything is good, I just, God, I did that last week. I had a lot of things on my mind just in my office. I'm just sitting, God, I'm this and this and this. Worries me, God. Can you just come and just be with me? That was two minutes and then the rest of the day went. And there's something about that fellowship that is so deep. That's what I... So it changes everything. So I truly and actually believe that I exist to dwell in, in his glory, first of all. That's where I find my worth. If I've done... At the end of the day, that's where I find my worth. He designed me like that. He did it. I, I didn't do it, but he did that. And sometimes when you talk to people, even Christians or believers that are on fire, like, and it's inspiring to see, like, praying, living the vision, and just building the church, everything is, is inspiring. But a lot of those people sometimes have those people, it could be me as well, have an issue with worth. Like, am I only worth something to God if I do all these things? 
And it could be really difficult for a person to just let that go and just sit and not depend on what you're doing. Like, I prayed this, I did this and did that. Because your worth is never in what you do. Your worth is in who you are. Face to face with God. So having that takes away the pressure. The calling is important. The building of the church is important. But one thing is more important. One thing is your calling. It's truly your definition. Your calling to be in deep fellowship with God. So we seek Him because that's the only natural thing for us to do. I seek God for God, period. I don't seek God with an agenda. Like, mm, if I seek you, maybe. No, I seek God for Him. That's enough. We go to uh, to a closure now. We can have the, the the band coming up if you want. So that they also mentioned like the the reviving of of your own faith, your soul in the presence of God. That's what He does because that's where you are born to be. I'm going to read you a familiar. From first, from Luke 10, actually. Just going to look at it quickly. At the home of Martha and Mary. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparation that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do that work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away from her. Just the simple point I want to make here is that Martha actually thinks she was doing the right thing. She didn't do like shady things that, oh, I don't want Jesus to see that. That is something I'm so ashamed of. She actually did things that was really important and, and nice. And to the point that she actually asked Jesus, hey, can't you just tell her that I'm doing the right thing. It was, she was really doing what she thought was important. It wasn't like she was hiding in, in yeah, something. She expected. And we are so often occupied by good things as well, important things. But one thing is necessary. And just knowing why I'm created, knowing my calling, it makes so much more sense when he said that. Like, hey, Yes, but one thing is important. Sit with him, still your heart. And think about Martha again as we bring up, if that's okay, the picture we started the message with. Uh, is still. Think about Martha. Martha. She was occupied with a lot of important things. Jesus says, you have chosen the right thing. It's basically the same that it says in Psalm 46, 10, like, Cease striving. Don't be so overwhelmed with all the important thing you do. Just let that be a little bit. Be near me and just know again who you are. Just be reminded of who you are. 
So we seek God first because that is why we exist. Not as an accomplishment, but that's our home. The presence of God is your home. The maid is, you are already there. We just need to be reminded. I'm just going to read a metaphor at the end. Imagine that God invited you to a great banquet. You see a magnificent table, overflowing with spiritual food. Everything you really need is on that table. Comfort, wisdom, peace, love, worth, joy, victory, forgiveness, truth, patience, and the list goes on and on and on. The fullness of God. God's heart is that you would sit down at the table with Him and eat as much as you need to walk away deeply satisfied. But so many of us don't sit and eat. We may dash in for a quick bite, but the little burst of energy fizzles out pretty quickly. We might even stand outside the door waiting for some other people who have had their fill to come and bring us some leftovers. This makes no sense when we are giving a personal invitation. And my point by reading this is not to make anyone feel like, oh, I should, oh, I should do that more. That's really not my point. My point is, in life's chaos, did you sometimes forget that? I know I do. Sometimes I actually forget why I exist, why I am created, and my calling. So I'm reading that to you just as I know that life could sometimes just be so busy. Don't forget who you are. Come to the bountiful table. Sit with your generous Lord and, and, and let him feed your starving soul. So we seek first God's kingdom, not because it's the right thing to do, but because that's what we create. So that's, that was it. And I want to just... We're going to go into worship, and I just want to, like I said, I hope this will, something of this has been encouraging for you and confirming something in you that you needed to hear. And as we do worship, you are free to sit where you are and just take it in and worship God. You're also open to, if you want someone to just pray for you. Uh, I did mention in the beginning of the message, someone feeling like this string this grief that is so heavy, and just share that with God and just pray for His presence. Or if you are in here feeling like, what is my purpose? I need to have a purpose. You know, if that's something, if that's you, or if you are thinking like, why do I keep coming? <laughs> we could well, pray for you. But also, if you just want to say to God, God, I'm here. I sometimes forget who I am. I forget what I'm created to. I forget that deep fellowship. I'm here to, to have that again. And it's like, even like, like Ladea said last time, it's nothing more holy here. It doesn't happen because you are here in front of and getting prayed for. You can, do, you can take that with your home. You can sit with it. You can be quiet with it. But sometimes it happens in me when I just, I want to take that step. I just want to open myself. And that's, that could be helpful to get someone to pay for you for that. So all I've been talking about is who you are and why we seek God.
Yes, thank you.